0: Hi, I'm Jill Sylvester, licensed mental health counselor and author of the self help book, Trust Your Intuition 100 Ways to Transform Anxiety and Depression for Stronger Mental Health, and the young adult self help fiction novels, The Land of Blue and Devon Dream in Book One in the Devon series. Each of my books deals with the theme of intuition because for me, it all comes down to listening to and trusting your own inner voice, the one of your best self, the highest self, in order to live your best life and also to trust that voice and develop it in order to help and serve humanity. Welcome to today's podcast, where I'll be talking about a few things. One, how to hear the voice of intuition and then act on it, inspired by an email I just received this morning, and then honoring your feelings and the highs and lows that are most certainly happening during this time, and three ways to do that. Then at the end, I'll answer a couple of email questions that I received over this past week. So let's get started. A client of mine sent me an email this morning, Um, About ideas for a possible podcast. And I decided to scrap my own agenda and follow her lead, particularly because I think the way this specific way that she experienced intuition will speak to a lot of people um, and how they receive information, but also to be inspired through this time and how to navigate to a higher place. So this person was taking a shower and I cannot tell you how many people have told me they get a lot of their information, ideas about, you know, a range of topics in the shower when they're driving their car. And anyway, she started thinking about, um, you know, just a particular thought about something, which then prompted her to think about the future. And then suddenly ideas started flowing about all the things that she wanted to do once this crisis was over. And so she decided to make a list, like, immediately. So she was inspired by everything that started to coming to her just from a quick initial thought that kind of opened that portal and just let everything start coming rushing in. She started writing down all the ideas that came to her, like planning trips and, you know, mother-daughter time and parent time and, you know, going places with neighbors and friends and visiting people and movies she wanted to see and restaurants and all these things that inspired me when I was reading the email of all the things that that are waiting for us, you know, for when when we're done with this whole thing. And the reason I love this example in this email and wanted to share it with her permission is because this is exactly how intuition works. As I mentioned, getting ideas in the shower or in the car and all the times I've heard the way people say, like that's a lot of times when they're receiving information. It's kind of like when you're zoning out and you're thinking about other things, it's like, it, especially during that time, think about it in the morning, right? If you're a person who has dreams and you get intuition that way, it's that lucid time often when you're coming out of sleep or going into sleep where you start to get like an idea of something or you'll think about something that somebody needs or you know, a reminder to do something, something you forgot, something you need to do tomorrow, right? And, and think about why that might be, because our brain is quieter. We're winding down and slipping from one energetic state into another, or we're showering or we're driving a car so that we're focused on other things. So it's like it can come in you know, and it opens a door for us, kind of like when we least expect it kind of thing. So I, I love this, this example, um, you know, for that reason, but also because what's awesome about it is what's necessary as a second step in honoring the intuition from what comes. So you get the idea, but then you choose to do something about it, like this person did. They got an idea, they got inspired, And then from that, they started to write things down and think like, oh yeah, like this is what I want to do when this crisis is over. These are all the things I'm going to do. And they started to act on the information, which is really important because it's fun to get the intuitive ideas, you know, the quirky impulses and the, oh, that's, you know, that sounds cool kind of thing. But it's another more advanced step, if you will, to then go and execute the ideas, write down the list like she did start to build, you know, strategies for when this is over by the idea that she got initially or writing down your dreams or or you know taking the steps it takes to start to call people and say, "Hey, what do you want to do when this is over? What are what are things you might want to do with me when this is done and maybe we should start thinking about that and getting excited about it." So it was it was an act of inspiration from that impulse of an idea. And when you do this and you start to do this, it's like a dam that gets released and the information starts to flow, you know, m- much much more often. And not only is this inspiring, not only for where we are as a society in a world right now, but it's also a tenet of emotional intelligence. When you act on it that intuition and when you really start to blow it up and you know, you gotta believe in it first of all. You gotta trust that it's there. It has access to all of us. You know, it's not just one person over another. Um, but again, it's emotional intelligence, you know. And Daniel Goleman in his book Emotional Intelligence discusses key abilities that human beings need to effectively manage life, things like the ability to motivate ourselves, to persist against frustration, to delay gratification, regulate moods, to have hope. Intuition, in my opinion, touches on these very tenets. And very definitely helps you to effectively manage life. So I loved this example. It really inspired me, and and um, you know I, I think it was important to share because I think it's a lot of way people, a lot of ways that people get information, and um, and might want to expand on it. So another reason I wanted to share this example because it's this is happening all over the place, meaning. I hear people's intuition expanding, how, how things are coming to them, and people sharing these stories with me, which just is, I, I just, I love it. I, I can never get enough of it. Um, it's such a rich time right now during this challenge to receive information because you have the time to think and explore. You have time to write ideas down you have time to act on these impulses that come where you wouldn't when you're when you're working at a job or you're you know during the commute or you're running around with a million you know um activities that we have with the kids and the tasks that we have to do day to day you have the time right now to to explore these things and to be inspired to think about what does come next if you if you follow that yellow brick road you know if you get an idea and you start to think like this person did in, in the example I gave you of what comes after this crisis and how to take back control and do the things you want to do. And, and I think that was even bigger message is that the universe is inspiring us in these big and small ways to help us notice the silver lining that, that is, might be going on right now and how to see past the illusion of doom and gloom and recognize what also might be there too. And it's not that it's not doom and gloom in so many ways. We'll we'll get to the highs and lows and what to do with that in a little bit. But it's also about being able to recognize that there is an energy. I don't want to get too out there on you right now, but that's trying to help us to move that dark cloud aside to also feel the sun, you know, knowing that it's still there, even, even when we can't see it at times. And I often highlight the metaphors from the land of blue, and I've been doing that a lot lately because so much of what is happening at the moment reminds me of the opportunities in the book about experiencing the bleakness, looking past the bleakness of the land of blue, and then suddenly spying that glimmer, being intrigued by it, and then enough that you decide to grasp it, to question it, to see what lies behind it. And then being willing to fall through the ripple, which is a term used in, in the book, in order to experience the other side of a seemingly dark situation, but a side that's there the entire time we're experiencing darkness, even if you don't feel like that brightness is there. And if, if you read the book, you, you, you perhaps understand what I'm talking about. So let's go back to the example of the, the person who had sent me the email. When you allow yourself to hold that impulse energy wise and you get an idea that comes to you, instead of dismissing it as crazy or weird or what was that or that was really odd, you know, which is often how intuition starts, right? We go, that was weird, or that was a coincidence. When you start to examine it, and if you're interested in that, and I assume you are if you're listening to this podcast, you start to blow it up. It gets it gets bigger. You start to hold it in your hand, so to speak, in order to feel and read what else that intuition has to say. That's, per- that's what this person did in the email. They got the idea, and instead of dismissing it as some random thought, it inspired her to think about the future and now what she might want to do when that near future comes. And as a result, she started again, writing ideas down, getting inspired of all the things she wanted to do with her family and friends when this is over, and she felt hope. And that led to her email to me, which led me to talk about it here, which hopefully is causing you to think, hey, that happens to me too. I I get that stuff too. Maybe I should write it down and explore where it leads and see where things go. So that's what's so specifically awesome about intuition is that it speaks to you, not me, not your neighbor, not your best friend or your kids, you, which means the idea that comes to you is meant for you and only you to act on which makes it unique and one of a kind and total proof that you're being guided and that there's no one like you who can do the things you are here to do for yourself and ultimately others. So I hope her example inspires you to act on your own impulses this coming week and your own ideas and intuition that comes and to recognize the plethora of ways that we are all being reached out right now in order to take the vibration higher. So I, I encourage you, I challenge you to look for it and, and look past you know, some of what's happening. So on that note, in terms of the vibration with regard to where we are in this whole thing, you cannot help but feel these highs and lows of knowing that we're at least coming closer to coming out the other side of this, this whole thing. Um, and yet still experiencing the awfulness of things being put on hold or ceased altogether, like the school closings that happened this week for the rest of the year for our kids, which for many, especially these seniors in high school and kids in activities and weddings and the list goes on and on. We can't help but feel feelings like frustration and disappointment, anger and sadness, and that is okay. That is... Normal. You would not be a human being if you didn't feel, you know, a um, just so so many of these feelings that are hitting us right now. But instead of dwelling on that, though, during the remainder of this podcast, because you know by now that's not my style, let's talk about three ways to process these seesaw-style feelings that are hitting us all at this point where we are. The first one is know what you are feeling. Remember. Tip number one from Trust Your Intuition is name it to claim it. You have to know what you're feeling in order to come out the other side feeling more stable and integrated. So for example, if you are one of the many people who feel devastated because something in your life has been canceled, then you say that. You own it. You name that feeling and you recognize what it is right now that has you in a chokehold or has you feeling like you can't take another nanosecond of these awful feelings. Name it. Be brave enough to identify the emotion, knowing that it's right then and there that you're actually grabbing the reins. How it looks real time is, I'll give you a personal personal example. When I heard of the kids not having the rest of their senior year to enjoy, you know, local kids that I know, clients that I work with, and just you know, my friends, kids, and, and all of that, their activities and their seasons and all of these things, um, and feeling the way they must feel as someone who is intuitive. Um, I feel that immensely in my chest, it, 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 it hits me hard where it's, it's, it could almost like knock the wind out of you kind of thing. So I, the way it happens for me is I feel the physical feelings first and that can threaten to take me out. And on a particular day this past week when I felt it, because again, it's just that almost like it could knock the wind out of you kind of feeling, um, I had to state out loud, I feel so sad. I feel so sad for these kids. I feel so sad. They're disappointed. I had to run through all those feelings in order to ground myself through them and get my body back, back from feeling the world as a collective, as I often do, um, to being more under my control. And if you're an empath, <clears throat> if you're somebody who experiences things like this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is not fun, um, which is probably a future idea for a podcast, highly likely. But we'll leave that where it is for today. So, so that's the feeling. First, is that you 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 feel it, you recognize it, but then you put words to it. So I'm sad. I'm devastated. I'm overwhelmed. I would say that's probably one of the biggest feelings that we're all feeling right now is a feeling of being overwhelmed. Um, So stop where you are when it hits you and name it. State it so that you can identify it and then be able to own it and then move forward. And that leads us to step two, which is process it. You have to create a space to sit with these feelings and feel them in all its intensity. If you don't do this, these feelings and that's one of the hardest things is uncertainty right now if we if we knew exactly what was going to happen and that's the whole issue of of control right which it is for all of us then we would know how to proceed we would feel safer we would feel more sure we would feel more grounded but that's just it there's so many feelings and they go up and they go down and then we'll hear good news and then we hear bad news and it's all over the place so you, you have to be able to you know, own it and feel it, because again, if you don't, it's gonna it's gonna follow you. If you if you haven't allowed you feel yourself, allowed yourself to feel it in all its intensity, you might think it looks like you're being stoic, but I promise you, if you if you don't own those intense feelings, it's gonna show up somewhere else in your body and remind you of it at a later date. So create a space to feel the feelings. Now, even if that's several times a day for two weeks at a time and and maybe more, um, that's okay. You know, that's that's okay if it hits you at different times and you need to stop and process those feelings a few times during the day. But what you want to do is create a structure around it. So how this looks real time in this situation for step two is that if you're a senior who is overwhelmed at not being able to enjoy the festivities of graduation, or you're a person's wedding who's been postponed, or you're someone who's had a speaking engagement that your career was depending on. Allow yourself, schedule some time to sit and cry your eyes out while your family and your friends or one important person in your life hold you through it. Allow yourself to crumble for a little bit. Feel these feelings of uncertainty feel these feelings of disappointment feel these feelings of loneliness of separation feel it all and sit in it because it's okay you have to process and experience your feelings in order to arrive at a place of acceptance so create some time to sit with your feelings whether you state out loud your feelings that you hate this corona thing and what it's done to your life or you quietly write in your journal everything that you're feeling maybe it's both maybe it changes. Maybe today it's one thing, tomorrow it's another thing. Maybe it's, it's feeling all those feelings in a certain day and you're not sure where you're going to end at the end of the <laughs> journal exercise and, and whether you're ever going to feel happy again kind of thing. That is okay. The important thing is to be able to sit and allow yourself space to explore those feelings and allow the feelings to come. Pick the medium that works for you, and the time frame, because again, it's structure, it's saying, okay, I'm going to sit for 15 minutes and cry, or I'm going to sit and just allow the whole thing to just unfold. And then when I'm done, I'll be done. Being able to process and kind of run your life in this way is, is hard work. It's hard to be able to say, okay, I'm going to go sit with my feelings. Now that's not easy to do. It's easier to just, you know, go do something else. But it's worth the effort and the time it takes because, and if this is the only reason, then let it be the only reason. You will get through it faster than opting for denial. So be courageous, spend some time feeling the feelings, allow that feeling in your chest to just like, you know, sit with it, move it, cry, yell, get upset, share your feelings with somebody, whatever that looks like for you. Everybody's different, but create that time and process it. And then step three is. Distract yourself. Distracting yourself is a fantastic strategy for depression. It's called opposite action. So, in this case, um, what you want to do is when after you allow yourself time to process your feelings, whether that's for 15 minutes a day, or an hour, or five minutes, or two minutes, whatever you feel like you need to do today, then when you're done, you get up and you go do something else. It doesn't mean that you can't go back and process it more, you know, later today or on another day if you need to. Don't judge yourself if you have to do it a few times a day, especially when you first find out news that something is canceled. That's normal, you know, so take the time and do that. But knowing how to distract yourself with something else is now going to give you a leg up on those overwhelmed feelings by having something to look forward to. So sit through it, but then as soon as you're done, get up and go do something else. So a real life example would be you write in your journal that you are nervous to go to work because you are a nurse and the state you are in is hitting peak numbers. Write down your feelings, talk them out with God while you sit in meditation. Do this for as long as you need to. Then when you're done and trust yourself to know when you're done, because you you will know, especially the more you come to listen to yourself, then get up and go do something else and fully do it get up and get dressed, get up and go for a walk, go get something to eat, pick up the phone, call a friend, put on a movie, you get the picture. Distract yourself so that you're not sitting in a low vibration for too long. Get what you need, which is release, which is important. That's what keeps you healthy. That adds to a healthy immune system. Sit there, do what you need to do. But, you know, you then then you need to move forward and and trust that also, I, I want to say something about the low vibration thing. When you're when you're sitting in a low vibration, there's there's truth in that. You know, there's 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 something to be said about that because that can serve you, you know, can serve you. You you have to know darkness to know light. So so try if you can to not be afraid of sitting in that place of fear because once you get up and you go do something and you distract yourself. You now know both, you know? So so be able to um know, especially like the first time's the hardest, right? But then later, if you have to do that again, know that if you did it the first time this morning, you sat down, you cried, you get up, and you went and did something else, you laughed with your kids, you did something funny that that you know, you did something fun too. Even though you're sad, you still did something really good too. And that's a day in the life, right? It's not usually all one thing we're not like sometimes happy for 24 hours or we're sad for 24 hours there's there's moments of each so being able to enjoy and appreciate both of those feelings that's darkness and light that's about becoming whole so so sit with it process it distract yourself know both and then be able to move forward so these are my strategies for dealing with the highs and lows during this time and I hope that helps. And now I'm going to answer some questions from two emails I received this week, um, in which, again, to reiterate from last week's podcast, I'll answer briefly in a sentence or two. So here's the first one. It's a client of mine. She's a mom. And she asked how to uplift her kids during this time because they're very down. So I would say, again, briefly at this point, being over a month in with this whole thing, you have to allow your kids to listen to themselves and what they need while standing on the periphery. It's like sending your kids to kindergarten and it can be a really valuable parenting tool and lesson at this point to be able to say something like, I wish I could make this go away for you. What do you feel you need? So it's not like you're throwing your kids to the wolves and you're, um, just saying, you know, figure it out yourself. You should know how to do this by now. We've been doing this for a month kind of thing. But you do want to turn up the volume a little bit in the independence department by being able to have them start to like tune into themselves on what they might need to do to not feel bored, you know, kind of like we all did when we were when we were younger, right? Which that, that was creative time. Um, but but teach them because they're in a different generation. They don't they don't do things the way we did. So by asking questions, you know, what do you feel you need? What do you think What do you think is going to make you happy? Like put it back to them just gently to be able to see if they can provide their own answer. And remember, your job as a parent isn't to supply their overall happiness. Your job is to teach them how to find it within themselves. And hopefully that's by role modeling your own life so that, you know, they're watching you do it and monkey see, monkey do. And the second um, question from a reader is, You mentioned on an earlier podcast that some people in the land of blue don't want to leave. I'm finding more people in my life that don't want to leave the land of blue, but since I have been off the land of blue for so long, how do I handle the people that want to stay there while trying to stay off that lower vibration myself? This is such a good question, such a rich question. I love this question. Um, this could be a long-winded answer, but the long and the short of it is you need to protect yourself. If someone is on a vibrational pr- uh, plane that's different from where you are, and we're not talking ego here, not one person being higher or better than another. Um, it's just about understanding perspective. It's like you know apples to oranges and 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 maybe not being able to speak the same language. So the best chance you have of leading someone to the light is role modeling how to do that. Not by force, but just by you doing you, just by being. If someone is stuck on the land of blue, or the metaphor for that darkness, they will not like this when you do that. When you step back and just stay in your place, they might even be annoyed by you or repulsed by you. Um, that's okay though, because you know what that's like because you've been there. So you you understand the situation. What you need to do again, in my opinion, is just stay the course in your own life. And then when they get there, you welcome them with open arms on the other side. So if you liked what you heard today, please hit subscribe and share with your friends. You can also sign up for my blog at www.jillsylvester.com for tips and strategies to deepen your intuition and live your very best life. Thanks for listening.